Hi, everybody. He's James. She's Flo. I'm JJ. No, no, wait a minute. I'm Michael. He's Buckman. She's Malona. No, 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 that ain't it either. This, this may be some good times, but it ain't the TV show good times. This is Vikings Report, Drew and Ted. All right, I'm cooler than you are. Why don't you fix your little problems and light this candle? He's right. Let's light this candle. He surely is. Light the candle. Yes. Resume the countdown. Keeping my head above water. Making a wave when I can. Temporary layoffs. Good times. Easy credit ripoff. Good times. Scrapped and surviving. Good doing drewster 22 days away from today 22. saturday we're 22 days away from kickoff in cincinnati and i am stoked I wasn't stoked about that last game but i'm stoked about this episode 29 coming up how you doing ted i'm doing good tunes i know you're out there uh how are you doing this this fine recording session i am scratching and surviving <laughs> to, get past, <laughs> to get past that showing we had last saturday Woo! I just want to say you guys are dynamite. A dynamite! 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 <laughs> All right. Dynamite! So, folks, we are not going to do a typical segment on, on our TV shows. We are, we are now transitioning to our regular season show format. We're going to reference the show throughout the course of this episode, the course of this recording. We're going to roll right into uh, Drew's over-under, and then I'll explain a little bit more about our regular season format as we get closer to week one against the Cincinnati Bengals. Drew, tell us about over-under this week. We are at question seven. We started a couple months ago with 10 questions for our over-under contest, and every week you had to either pick over or under. And everybody, we've had a lot of participation in it. We are on question seven. So if you play the first six questions, you're set up pretty well to win a good prize. We have another question tonight. The only way you can enter is in the comment section of the show right below. So no Twitter, nothing on our Facebook page. You have to enter on this show, on this episode right below in the comments. Uh, Enter over under on this next question I will be asking you. And we have seven, eight, nine, ten, four more questions. And then we will wait till the end of the season and somebody will win a hundred dollar gift certificate to nflshop.com. <laughs> that is a decent, decent prize. You'll be able to buy yourself. Probably the, the totals will be in by Christmas. So you probably be able to buy yourself a Christmas present with Vikings report prize money. Dynamite! Question seven. Is everybody ready for question seven? Want a drum roll? Oh. That's the worst drum roll I've ever heard. <laughs> Nothing like a good spanky. Horrendous. Absolutely horrendous. <laughs> yeah, here we go. We have the big three for the offense today. Is in, we got Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and Irv Smith Jr. Total touchdown receptions for the 2021 regular season. Over, under, 26 and a half. Ooh. That is your seventh question. We'll have three more after this, so you're on a roll. Give us your pick down below, over or under, 26 and a half touchdowns for those three guys combined. Wow. So now last week's was Kirk's total touchdown passes for the regular season, correct? Yes, 36 and and a half. Wow. So I would think, now again, friends and family of Vikings Report with Drew and Ted, LLC or whatever we are, we're not even there. (laughs) (laughs) are ineligible for the price. So we can talk about this all we want. But I would think if you're going to go over 36 and a half for Kirk TDs, you'd almost have to go over on this. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. I'm going to go just under. They're going to have like, I think they're going to have like 25 or 26. They're going to just, they're going to just miss it. Like, I missed it by that much. Missed it by that much. Got smart. Yeah. That was, uh, that makes me feel like I chose the right number then. Yeah, the last three are going to be uh, kind of fun too. They'll be team ones. 
team mm-hmm. question. So, so are you, what are you thinking? You think over or under for this one? I think Cook is the X factor. He could have six touchdowns or he could have 13 reception touchdowns. He, he could, he yeah. Because he could score so much from anywhere on the field and any capacity that he carries the ball in. So trying to come up with a number, and I was throwing numbers around in my head. I had it, you know, right around where I had the number. I had 26 or 27. It's going to be right there. I do, yeah, I agree. I think it's, that's, a good, that's a good one. This, this it's, it's a tough one, though. These are all going to make you think, folks. I'm going to use all the power of my brain. Don't forget, if we do have a tie, we are going to put everybody that tied for first into our bag of cornucopia, the bag we had on draft night, and we will draw a name out of that bag. And that winner or the person that, whose name we draw in the event of a tie will win the $100 gift Hello. certificate to, what, what was it, nflshop.com? Hello, little friend. <laughs> so good over under this week. So I mentioned real quick that, that we're sort of transitioning to our regular season format. So we're going to, we really like doing the faces and the, and the headshots for the TV shows. It's kind of become <laughs> our thing. So we're going to keep that, uh, but we're not going to keep our, our normal regular TV segment. We're going to bypass the Jersey segment now that we're getting into the regular season, but they will be back as soon as the Viking season is over. She'll be back. So our regular season format is going to be Vikings news. We're going to finish up our rookie profile this week with, with linebacker Chaz Surratt, and we'll talk about the linebacker position groups. And then it will be our pregame uh, look, and this week it's going to be the Indianapolis Colts. And then we'll do, we're not getting rid of trivia. We're keeping trivia because we all love trivia. So, yeah, 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 yeah. There has been some fallout. So let's just get roll, roll right into it, Drew. There has been some fallout from Saturday's game. And the first thing is the Vikings have to get down to 85 players by 3 p.m. Tuesday. We're recording Monday night, and as of this recording, four of those five players have been identified. Turner Bernard, Jordan Brailford, kicker Riley Patterson, and wide receiver Blake Prohl. Any surprises in this list at all? No. I, I got to say, I'm a little bit surprised that they have ceded the kicking job to Greg Joseph. He's made all of two field goals in one game, <laughs> has been kind of okay in training camp. He's makes some what? good kicks, missed some well, bad ones. Well, hell, Ted, for the Vikings, is it two field goals in one game a record? It's beautiful, man. Beautiful. <laughs> Just no record, my team record. Give him the Fred Cox Golden Toe Award. Fred Cox attempting from the 40 on the free kick. It's up. It's good. <laughs> I'm, I'm to the point with kicking that when a Vikings kicker lines up, I get up, I go to the bathroom, whether I have to go to the bathroom or not, and I get something to drink. It's been a mess for so long, Ted. I'm expecting it to continue to be a mess. Just the attitude we don't need, Phil. You know what? You know, I don't I don't expect much out of it because it's been a problem for so long. Yeah. But it's kind of like you get callous to it. You know, just expect, you know, oh, well, he makes it, he makes it. It just doesn't matter! It just doesn't matter! It just doesn't matter! What, what is wrong with the expectation level of kickers on the Vikings making 90 to 95% of their kicks. Why is that not something we should just demand and expect every year? I don't know. Why is Dakota Dozier still have a roster spot on this team? Whoever's making decisions. I mean, the kicker, I think Zimmer's just given up saying whoever wants to kick, kick. To be made. I mean, I don't know how much thought is really put into it. Riley Patterson didn't even get a chance to really kick here, did he? Are you sure, like, Zimmer didn't come to your house, steal your bag of cornucopia, and just put the kicker's names in the bag and just draw one out and say, Greg Joseph, that's our kicker? I don't think Zimmer Congratulations. could learn. I, I don't think he could figure out how to open the bag of cornucopia, to be honest <laughs> with you. But I, I think he's just like, whatever. At this point, I'm just going to take whatever I can try to get, and maybe Joseph will be a quiet surprise, and he'll – end up being 94% or 95% and hitting all his kicks. And hopefully we won't have to try a lot of uh, field goals. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever you say, Mr. Optimist. Yeah, sure. Whatever you say, schizo. <laughs> yeah. It, it's going to be one of the questions on over under coming up team field goals. So yeah. Study up on that. Study up on your field goals. Smitty. All right. I will. All right. So those four there. So there's one more player that has to be cut. You mentioned Dakota Dozier. When the Vikings announced their cuts, Twitter, the comments on on that off that tweet from the Vikings were, you misspelled Dakota Dozier. Why is Dakota Dozier still on the team? The guy, I would just not even be on social media if I was him. I almost feel Oh, bad. man. Everybody, from one show to the next, from one 
fan page to the next. Uh, it just gets ripped on. It's very, it's but it's it's kind of warranted though. Oh, it's really warranted. I mean, so uh, Pro Football Focus they do a top five and bottom five performers. Yeah, of their of their top five performers, if there were in in Saturday's thirty three six loss to the Broncos, three of them were offensive linemen: Mason Cole, Wyatt Davis, and Blake Brandle. And Davis did pretty well. I mean, I think he gave up a sack either his first or second play was sort of up and down, but there, there were a lot of things from Wyatt Davis's game that you could look at and say, man, I think the Vikings have something in him. Davis is the starter. Now he'll be the starting right guard week one. I don't think he will. I, I think, uh, Udo, Ole Udo is, is yeah. pretty much got that penciled in because I mean, they're, now they're Davis was practicing with the twos today or the threes and Dakota, Dakota Dozier was knocked down to the second team because in his inauspicious debut on Saturday, unbelievable dude. pro football focus ranked 312 players that qualified for their post-game ranking based on, I think they had to have 20 snaps, 312 guards or no 312 players, right? Dakota Dozier ranked 312 out of 312. I'm your huckleberry. That's just my game. That's not dynamite. <laughs> it's that's not bad not, because it sounds bad. That's not even keeping your head above water, bro. <laughs> no, it's Dude, not. That, that sounds like to me like last. I don't mean that in a bad yeah. way, but. Yeah. I don't get why he is taking up a roster spot at this point in training camp. I, I mean, well, we saw all of last year, this year. What this they, first game, I don't know. What do they know. see in that guy? What do they see in Dakota Dozier? Realistic Randy brought up a great point. He said something to the effect that sometimes the coaching staff says, well, you don't know. You're not, you're not in the, on the staff, and you're not watching the game films and looking at we, what we look at. Right. Okay, you're right, but we're not stupid either. We don't take risks, all right? They're stupid, and? We're not stupid, I mean, no. we, we can watch and see when a guy stinks. It's not rocket science. And Dakota Dozier just flat out stinks. It's almost like if you can't find somebody better than him, that you're not doing your job. Yeah. You're yeah, being you lazy that. as a yeah. coach. You know, that's what it seems like to me. I, I, why do we have to be stuck with the worst guard in the league? Why? I don't get why the Vikings seem to think he's going to turn it around. Do you remember TJ Clemmings? Yes. Back in 2016, he was just a rookie thrown into the fire, played multiple positions his rookie year on the line, and and was absolutely horrible at, at, at first. Yeah, he caught a lot of heat, too. He did. But by the end of the year, he had sort of kind of righted the ship and was, if nothing else, treading water. You can't even say that with Dakota Dozier. It just seems like he gets worse every week. Uh, There's no room of I've I've seen no improvement in his game at all. It's terrible. Game is ass. <laughs> I mean, it is. I hate to say it. I mean, I'm sure he's a nice dude, but it is. It's terrible. It's terrible. Oh. I mean, I mean, his game is about effective as a Bookman diet. <laughs> the one and only Mr. Nat Bookman. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, Mason Cole and Blake Brandle got some got some good grades, and Brandle did good. I thought he did, and he's actually got some got some reps with the first team. So I don't really see him challenging Rashad Hill at this point. Do you? Or do you? I mean, he he played fairly well. I mean, it was second, third, and fourth team competition, but left tackle, yeah, That's high pressure position yeah. on the field. I don't, I don't know. Darisol's not going to be out there, right? It doesn't look like it. No, he's still he's still recovering from his twenty fifth off season procedure. Offensive line still in flux. Ted, ten years going on. Rick Spielman, <laughs> Rick Spielman era as GM. O line is still much more questions than answers. Okay. Um. Uh. Um. Uh. Uh.
my God, why? Blake Brandell, starting left tackle week one. I mean, Brandell's another one of these late round guys. He's a sixth round guy. And, and the Vikings and Rick Spielman seem infatuated with these late round project guys that they can turn into starters that they have a lot higher failure rate than success rate with. But I don't know. What do I know? You know, quite a bit, Ted. It, you know how many, how many all pro offensive linemen Rick Spielman has drafted since he became full time GM? I'm going to say none. One. Matt Khalil, his rookie year. One. That's it. That's it. We know one is the loneliest number. <laughs> they they had ten, I believe it was in the eighteen in the in the ten years before Spielman became GM. Wow, dude, that is a tasty, tasty tidbit. And now, one. Nothing. It's and the key to this team is still going to be. You talk to me all day long. It's still the offensive line. Yeah. To yeah. me, that's what it still comes down to. So they better figure something out. All right. So speaking of figuring something out, we, we didn't talk about this on our live post-game show. And uh, by the way, hopefully if uh, you, you tuned in and watched it, Vikings Report Rewind with me, Drew, Ruby, and Christopher Gates from the Daily Norseman will be doing our live post-game show beginning week one after every game this year. But we didn't talk about this because we didn't see it at the time. Mike Zimmer's halftime, no. coming out of the locker room at halftime, he, he sort of had this kind of this old school, <laughs> traditional Mike Zimmer, you know, irascible response that everybody used to love. And, and basically, whoever it was, maybe Ben Lieber, I can't remember, said, hey, coach, what, what are your thoughts on, on the Vikings' first half performance? And he, and he pretty much ripped the entire team to the effect we couldn't tackle, we couldn't catch, we couldn't run, we couldn't block just went down the list and they said and other than that it was great uh, i told them it was a, a very poor performance we're going to scrimmage next week with this same bunch because we didn't tackle well that we didn't made the wrong checks on uh, defense with the safeties uh we throw an interception for a touchdown um go three and out the first two series terrible punts so other than that it's been great and like some of the vikings faithful still eat that stuff up right did you like that quote? Were you, were you, are you, are you still a guy that eats that up or not? No, I eat up quite a bit, Ted, but I'm not eating that up. No, <laughs> that, 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 that's just deaf ears at this point, isn't it? How many times have you heard that? How many times have you heard that from that guy? It's becoming an all too familiar refrain for Mike Zimmer. It, it might've been for me four or five years ago, but I've heard it so many times. It didn't seem like somebody came in and said, Hey coach, you got a game in nine minutes. And he went, yes. Oh, okay. Uh, Joseph, you're going to do the kicking. <laughs> uh, what's Bert Young? What's your name? <laughs> AJ, what? Rose, you'll be running. I don't know about his quote, Ted. He constructs the team and he constructs, he's the man. So if he's going to rip everybody, isn't it his thing? And, he's and, responsible for it. Yes. And I honestly didn't care that the Vikings lost. I, I really don't. It's a preseason game. Sure. But, but it was the lack of effort. It just seemed like they just, it just, disjointed and and like they were just mailing it in it did the, seem the like staff it. and the and the team yeah and so this kind of leads to a question from one of our viewers mr paul beaumont don't know if you live in beaumont texas or not paul but let's that's, just say you do that's paul, paul beaumont from that's beaumont paul. texas <laughs> no relation to the great hugh beaumont let's I don't remember know. that remember ward cleaver hugh beaumont yeah. maybe yeah. he is we don't know that he paul, very well could be paul if you're related Good job with the beaver. <laughs> Ward, you're awfully hard on the beaver last night. going to be awfully rough on the beaver, I'm afraid. <laughs> All right. Anyways, Paul Beaumont asked, when oh. will we start questioning our staff's ability? Drew? <laughs> <laughs> when will I? <laughs> I? I think you and I have, we're, I Hello? think you and I are there. The end of 2017, you want to go back in a time machine? It's like, I, I don't know. When it comes down to it, there's, you know, players playing, the coaches coach and all that stuff. But, it, you know, it's a big mixture of, of both. But I always see Zimmer ripping everybody else. Not, man, I didn't have my team ready to play. I need to do a better job. He's the head coach. And I know a lot of people that are Zimmer, Zimmer you know, believers want to say, well, it's, it's Spielman's fault. 
or you know he doesn't have a good enough players or whatever but you know you're the head coach take it or leave it if the blame's warranted or not you're the head coach it kind of goes into this other topic that i want to mention but did you see the 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 zimmer post game press conference no i did not okay there was towards the end of it it was about not quite 10 minutes long espn vikings beat recorder courtney cronin asked him about kellen mond and this kind of goes back to are we going to start questioning the staff's ability and zimmer was kind of weird with all the mon questions anyways he's you know he said he's a quiet guy he needs to be more vocal he's not and then he denied saying he wasn't probably going to play mon to chris thomas and got very defensive anyways cronin asked him was was the play calling because the vikings ran 10 more times than they passed in a 33 to 6 blowout um, and the first five plays that kellen mon was in for they ran four of them and so, so she asks him, was the Mon play calling limited because of his, his lack of practice? Which would make sense because he only had three practices. Remember, he was out for a week for, for COVID-19 and all that stuff. It's a great question. And it's a very good question. And that kind of would have made, made sense. And he, and he said no. And then he said, but I'm not going to discuss it here. What does that mean? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? For the love of Norm Van Brocklin, what does that mean? <laughs> well, we're not going to discuss it here. Do you think Mon's an idiot? Lord knows Do you we don't want to. Clint Kubiak's a moron. We don't want to discuss any football stuff at this football press conference, do we? Because you're the head coach. If you think Clint Kubiak's a moron, tell him to pass the ball. <laughs> Let's see what this kid can do. One minute, there was eight minutes and 40 seconds left. We had a third and nine, and we ran it in the middle. Uh, You find out what Kellen Mond's all about and what he's going to do. How are you going to do that, having him hand off up the middle? Come on, man. You only have three of these games. What did uh, Courtney say after he said, I don't want to discuss it? That That was it. There there was no follow-up. I I think it either either ended the press conference or it moved on to – uh, another question, but she she did not get a follow up. For the love of Norman Brockley. I mean, what what do you think he doesn't want to say? What do you think he doesn't want to talk about? See, I don't know. I it it felt like one of two things. If you look at that post game press conference, he was either trying to, in his own way, like motivate Kellen Mond by telling him what he needs to do. I don't know why you couldn't do that face to face, or he's not happy with Kellen Mond and was was kind of calling him out one he's a backup quarterback two he's had three practices and, and three so why are you calling a guy out when you said originally you really didn't plan to play him right and then he played a vast majority of the game it, from what i saw there was no reason to be calling kellen mond out on anything no the more there's more questions about what he was doing as a head coach that could be called out rather than what kellen mond was doing i thought about kellen mond like you said, for only three practices, I thought he did really well. I mean, yeah, I mean, PFF came out with a stat. I think he was like the third or fourth most accurate rookie quarterback. You think, well, how can that be? Six of sixteen or whatever stats were. It's actually throws on targets that were that were catchable balls. And and if you remember, receivers, Vikings receivers couldn't caught a cold. How can you have a problem with Kellen Ma after you watch that game with all the Vikings and all the problems they had? That's what you're going to rip off. Yeah, I'm not going to discuss it here. I, that's been puzzling me all weekend since I saw that. I don't get it. You're better off just making up some generic vanilla answer rather than saying that. I mean, yeah. I, I think I could do a better job on my end. You asked me if I saw the halftime interview, and I said no. Then you asked me <laughs> if I saw the presser, and I said no. And you're probably thinking, why the hell is this guy on the show? He's not doing his homework. Good night, folks. It was a good show. Thanks. I, I can't watch. I can't watch those Zimmer press conferences anymore, Ted. I can't. Now, maybe if Mond was an eight or nine year veteran like Kirk Cousins, that would be a little bit different. But th- the dude just took his very first NFL snaps. So, uh, a, if you're trying to motivate him, I think that's a weird way to motivate him. B, if you're calling him out, you're a moron because you don't want to. You don't want his confidence to go in the tank after one stinking preseason game. I, I don't know. I just found that whole exchange. So- really weird sometimes i think mike zimmer thinks he's bill parcells a little too much you know bill, yeah. bill parcells is the kind of guy that can't call people out because he's got the got the call out card remember what he said about terry glenn best woman receiver he ever had close, or something? close. it was yeah. uh, he'd been injured a couple couple three games and a reporter asked him uh when he was coaching the patriots hey is terry glenn gonna play and he said she'll be ready <laughs> <laughs> i mean you can do that when you've won two Super Bowls. Sure, sure. And the, the fact that 
you hear that a lot from Mike Zimmer. He does a lot of that kind of stuff. He, he just doesn't have the credit that Bill Parcells has built up. I tell you, you get in a fight and you get thrown out of the you're going home for good, okay? Come on, Romo. You should have known pre-snap what to do there. Shut up, Sims. Now, don't be a damn no-class player. With a guy like Mond, who's just starting out, especially if he's, he's like quiet and a little bit introverted on the team aspect of things, you seem like you want to encourage him more than you want to like call him out. Yeah. It's not the way I would handle it. All players have to be handled differently. Talking about Bill Parcells, he handled Phil Sims a lot differently than Lawrence Taylor. He but, did. Uh, yeah. Bottom line is he got the best out of both of them but he knew how to handle each one separately and individually. I think Bud Grant was really good with that too, but games seem really disconnected. I know it's the first game and I'm an old veteran of watching football. Once you get to 50 years, you can, you can punch that vet card being a fan. Yeah. I deserve that. At least there's something about that game that sits weird in the gut of the Drewster. I'm telling you, it doesn't feel right. There was a telling quote by Adam Thielen today. He had, after practice, he was one of the guys that talked. And they asked him about the the 33-6 game and how you felt about it. He said, you kind of put a chip on our shoulder because it just kind of reemphasizes the point that uh, we really don't want to mail it in, which implied to me that they did, in fact, mail it in. And I I don't know if that's because, well, we practiced with the Broncos for two days, so this doesn't really count. 30 guys right. aren't going to play. It doesn't matter. And you're you're absolutely right. There's first preseason game, all your starters sat out, and, and then some. It, it's hard to draw any hard conclusions. But, yeah, it just felt like some of the things we saw last year with the uninspired sideline and the, and the slow start and all that stuff that just drove us nuts may or may not have carried over. And if it has, it's going to, it's going to be troubling. And I should probably follow up what I said by saying I'm casting a lot of judgment out there. Once we get all the starters out there for a couple series, yeah, I'll have a better, I'll have a better take. It's just that, that was a bad look for the Vikings to come out and look that terrible. Yeah. And was. they had Zimmer at the end of that game. I don't know if you saw it. this. I didn't see the presser and I didn't see the halftime interview. But I did see him gnawing on his fingers on the sideline with a scared look on his face. A confused, scared look, wandering around, not talking to anybody. Like, And the camera stayed on him for like a minute and a half. Like, even the cameraman was going, this looks kind of weird. And as I'm <laughs> seeing it, he's chomping down his fingernails, looks half ner- nervous, half confused. I know he's not happy about what he's seeing. But you know what? You're the head coach. you got to straighten this out. Let's wait. We get the starters out there against Indy. It could be a whole new look for the Vikings, yeah. and we could just we could sweep week one under the rug. But I'm telling you that the things that happened in that game was not the way you want to start. It is. It, it was not. No, even even for a preseason game, it was it was not how you wanted to make your first impression. And it's practice. I mean, practice. I know. I know it's practice. But what are we talking about, man? <laughs> what are we talking about? Practice. <laughs> We're talking about practice, man. We talk. We're talking about practice. Speaking of guys that shredded, this week we are going to talk about the linebacking core and our draft spotlight is third round draft pick number 78 overall, Mr. Chaz Surratt, descendant of Mary Surratt, who was hanged for that for the Lincoln assassination. No, I had no relation whatsoever. I don't know. You know what high school he went to? Uh, Abraham Lincoln High. East Lincoln High School. Did he really? Look at that. (laughs) Look at that connection. I didn't even know you knew that. Mary Surratt, huh? I I didn't. I figured when I made that lame Lincoln joke, it had to be tied in somehow. Boom. So, Chaz Surratt. So, let's look at the current roster of the the Vikings linebacker group. They've got Anthony Barr, who's been to two practices this year and kind of just takes (laughs) time off he wants to. Acts like he's a federal employee, for God's sakes. He's just going to show up week one, huh? Play when he wants to play, whatever. Show up week one, three tackles. Um, Yeah, catch my check. Yeah. Tough Borland, Ryan Connolly, Troy Dye, Christian Ellis, Eric Kendricks, Blake Lynch, Cam Smith, Nick Vigil, who they signed in free agency this past offseason, and then the rookie Chaz Surratt. Of all the bad things we saw on Saturday, one of the bright spots, I thought, was the play of, of not only Chas Surratt, but the other two rookies on, on defense, Patrick Jones and Janarius Robinson. I thought each one of those guys made two or three pretty impressive plays. What what did you like about Chas Surratt when you were looking at him for your draft profile? And then what did you see on Saturday that made you think, yep, I was right about this guy? A lot of, guy, a lot of the stuff on Saturday 
that he was doing was attributed to when we did the draft, did the draft right up and did the draft uh, research on Chaz Surratt. I'm a big Chaz Surratt fan. Yes, sir. Just super excited. Um, you know, you know, had a great relationship with the coaches and, you know, just excited to be a part of a great organization and get up there and, you know, compete and be the best I can. I'll prepare for the game is a little bit different from, I think, most players. Um, you know, having that quarterback background, I think I have a you know, a little bit, you know, more anticipation of plays and stuff like that. Amazing story of that guy when he came from high school and what he's done all the way up to this point. But I think one of Chaz Surratt's strong points, Ted, and you could see it in his play. You could see it when you watch a lot of his tape. He was so successful as a quarterback. You could see that in him reading the offense and reading the quarterback. His lateral speed, getting to the play, and taking care of the tackle is on, on tape. That's his instincts is what really stands out the most. It's dynamite. <laughs> Whether he lines up on the left or lines up on the right, Chaz Surratt is a dynamite. That's right. That's right. He, uh, that's, that's great. That's tremendous stuff. You go back a little bit on Chaz Surratt and uh, the fact that he's only played 34 games as a linebacker is amazing. You know, he switched positions like that. You see guys switch positions, but to switch positions and be that good so quick just shows what kind of an athlete he is. Yeah. He's got all the makings of a good four, three, outside linebacker three down guy he can play all the downs he's got a chance to carve himself out a really nice career i think we both agree he's a cinch for this roster yeah yeah we had the same five when we talked earlier about the five that were making it yeah the vikings are going to run a lot of mostly nickel which means two linebackers on the field and one would presume that would be anthony barnair kendricks when they go in a base four three set do you see surratt being that third linebacker I do see him being the third linebacker. Barr is only going to be here one more year, I think. Probably. I think yeah. Surratt, Surratt is your replacement for 2022. You do? Yes, I do. Because he's done so well at the position that he's rarely, he's still learning how to play. It's like sending a guy into cleanup and he hits three home runs a night. In high school, he was a quarterback, but he wasn't just a hat quarterback. He was the five-star North Carolina player of the year, all that stuff. Gatorade player of the year. Associated Press Offensive Player of the Year. He broke the state record for career total yards with 16,600. State record for TD responsibles, 229. Threw for 3,536 and 51 touchdowns his senior year. East Lincoln High School, the 30 straight wins. He broke all the Chris Leak records. He got recruited as a big high school guy. He came over here to North Carolina in 2017, Larry Fedora. Uh, who was coaching North Carolina at the time, recruited him to be the starting quarterback. He was a freshman. He got the starting job, played nine games. I think he started seven of them, was dinged up and was really struggling his first year at North Carolina. And then in 2018, he only played one game and got hurt. And he was out for the season. And then Fedora got fired. He was two and nine. And Mac Brown from Texas, Mac Brown, you remember yeah. Mac Brown? Mac Brown yeah. came to Texas and Mac Brown had uh, recruited Sam Howell. And Sam Howell is now the quarterback there. Sam Howell's a tremendous quarterback. He's going to be highly touted coming out in the draft next year. When Sam Howell got on the, Sam Howell got on the team, Surratt was, you know, still kind of like the quarterback. And Mac Brown said, you know, what do you want to do? Instead of transferring and taking his quarterback skills to a different school, Chaz Surratt stayed and said, I want to try a different position, which that takes a lot, a lot of courage, man. It does. It does. His first year in 2019, New position, he leads North Carolina with 115 tackles. So he voluntarily asked to switch positions. He wasn't told, you're going to switch or we're going to revoke your scholarship. No, he, you got to go. He actually was talking about it with Fedora before Larry Fedora got fired. Okay. You know what's funny? North Carolina had a Fedora and then a Mac. Who, is it a hat? <laughs> Who's the next coach there? Visor? <laughs> Visor McGillicuddy? <laughs> but he talked with Fedora. So he was thinking about it. And then when Mac Brown got Sam Howell, he kind of knew the writing was on the wall. He liked the program so much in the school, and he's from North Carolina, so he's a local guy, that he wanted, He told Mac Brown, I think I can play this position a linebacker. So he had 115 tackles, 15 tackles for loss, six and a half sacks, and an interception. His first year learning the position. He looks pretty instinctive because his, his former time as a quarterback helps him understand how a play is developing and on a pass play, for example, what the primary reads and secondary reads 
probably are for that. He's probably not always going to be right, but if you study enough film, you're going to know. That's very interesting about, about Surratt. And then in 2020, the next year, he led North Carolina in tackles again. He was sixth in the ACC in overall tackles. That's pretty impressive. One last question about him then. Do you think if he'd been a linebacker coming up through high school into college that had never played quarterback and had been given, you know, an extra year or two to play the position that he would have been a higher draft pick first round guy? Do you think that quarterback spot helped him get higher than maybe he wouldn't have otherwise? I think both. I think he's only going to get better. His biggest problem is getting washed out of plays because he's a little over instinctive on where the play's going to go. Okay. And blockers have a tendency when they get their hands on him to drive him out of the play. But he has to know the ins and outs of the schemes of the offense and the gaps. Now he's got to learn all that stuff. He's got a lot to learn, Ted, but he is way ahead, way ahead of the curve on this thing. All right. So we've got him, Barr, Kendrick, Surratt, Nick Vigil. You're with me on that? Yes, I am in agreement. Yes. You are correct. <laughs> yes, sir. You are correct. <laughs> yes. I did not know that. <laughs> what about Cam Dantzler? <laughs> Hold me close up, tiny Dantzler. What in the? Dude, I don't know. Dude, when you see when you see Hamler running by you, may want to run with him. It was bad. It was bad. All right. So we, we've talked enough about the aftermath of week one and, and kind of the fallout that we didn't really get a chance to talk about on our live postgame show. This time, this, this weekend, the Minnesota Vikings are at home against the Indianapolis Colts preseason game number two. Mike Zimmer has already said, I believe, that the starters are going to play. He, I don't think he said how long. Um, <laughs> the first plan didn't work out too well. <laughs> it just fired, but... So maybe one series, maybe two, but I, it, it does look like we, we will see most of the first-team offense. There could be a couple guys held, held out. If you don't play a guy like Kirk Cousins, I get it. If you don't play a guy like Adam Thielen, I get it. Justin Jefferson is back practicing. If he doesn't play, I get that too. But I think a vast majority of first-team guys are going to play. So with that said, Drew Bunning, and oh, by the way, real quick, yeah. this is not our typical pregame preview. When we get to the regular season, yeah. you're going to like it. It's going to be a lot more in depth, and it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Graphics, the whole nine yards, it's going to be fun. So stay tuned. What are you looking for? I, what do you want to see that you didn't see in week one, which is an awful lot? Team's execution. I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, I'm looking for energy. I'm looking for guys flying around the football, not jumping off sides to give a team the first down. I mean, how many times did we do that last week? Just overall more focused, more intensity. From the start, from the get-go, just, you know, get rid of last week. Let's get out there and start playing with a little, what's that word? Alacrity? Is that a word? Uh, synergy? No. Uh, a little bit more. Synergy! Energy. Play with a little bit of synergy. Synergy is two or more things working together to give greater benefits than the simple sum of the two. Uh, I'm on offense. I'm looking for, I'm still looking for uh, Amir Smith-Marset. And of course, the offensive line to come together a little bit better. But uh, let Kellen Mond play a little bit more. I like to see what he can do. How about you? Okay. I'm looking at right guard. It just seems weird to me that, that Ole Udo is just it. He's the, he's, the, he's the starter. Now, he may be good, and he could be a lot better than Drew Samia or Dakota Dozier. But it, it just seems weird to me <laughs> that now that Wyatt Davis has got some game time in him, he's played a little bit. I would like to see a guy like Wyatt Davis maybe get get some reps with the first team offense just just to see what he can do and and see if he can get up to speed and and maybe even start to compete for that first team right guard job. I want this team to come out and and act and not go through the motions. I want them to treat it like a game, just act like they want to be there because we just like we said we just didn't didn't see that. Uh, I don't I don't know. We can maybe just start mailing in our show. Hey, Drew, how you doing? <laughs> How's it going? Oh, yeah. I, I like to see Davis out there with the ones, too. I know the mistakes he made last week were just typical rook dog things, you know, rookie things. But mm-hmm. uh, oh, what about Axel Rose again? Are we going to see uh, AJ Axel Rose with Use Your Illusion, too? <laughs> I, I would I would hope not. I mean, the, the Vikings said, Kane Wongwu's uh, 
injury was not serious, and he expects to play against the Colts. Besides Davis, he's probably the one other guy I'd like to see uh, on offense and, and see what he can do just because we've got so many good reports about his speed and what the Vikings can do. And are they going to, are they going to design any type of packages or plays for him? I mean, it based on the play call in the first game, they're not, but, but we'll see. How many plays did the Vikings have that first game? Ted, how many different plays? I want to say they ran 36 times and passed 26. So what's 62, but how many different plays? Oh, four. <laughs> Four. I mean, you had your run left, you had your run right, you had your run up the middle, and then you had your had your short pass to, to the running back. So I know, you, I know you want to disguise things in the preseason to keep the cloak <laughs> the cloak of magic around. Nobody can see all your little yeah. tricks. But come on, man. So who? Anybody on defense you're looking at? That right defensive end spot. The, uh, whatever the end spot is, opposite of Hunter. Hunter's left defensive end, I do believe. Yeah. Who is going to take charge and take grips and take hold of that right defensive end spot, Ted Glover? Who's going to take a charge of it? Andre Patterson just today said that it is down to Stephen Weatherly and DJ Wanham. And both those guys were not good on Saturday. No. Like you, I would like to see Patrick Jones get in that mix a little bit because I think I, this was my one of my spicy hot takes when we were doing – all of our draft previews. I said Patrick Jones II was going to be a starter. Maybe not by the beginning of the year, but at some point he was going to start. The more I saw Wanham and Weatherly kind of get pushed around and, and sealed off on the edge on Saturday, the more I think Patrick Jones II has an opportunity for himself. I, well, and I, I hope the Vikings give him a shot and he can take advantage of it. I think he had a great game too, Ted, but mm-hmm. is he only structured to play left defensive end? I don't know. But if that's the case, then, and of the three, Patrick Jones is your best guy, even though you got to play him on the left side. I would still feel comfortable moving the Neil Hunter off to the right side because he looks like he is going to be a force of nature this year. Sure. Whether he lines up on the left or the right. If I'm the Vikings, I want my best guys out. I'd rather move Daniil Hunter to the right side and have him still be very productive than to put, you know, freaking – Bookman and JJ is your right defensive ends or whatever. We are doing a lot of double clutching. Because <laughs> that's just not dynamite. What the hell was Bookman's job anyway? I'm not he, he was the building superintendent. And there was that what he was? Remember? I yeah. thought he was a crack dealer or something. He was like Schneider from one day at a time. That's right. He did a great job. That guy to play Bookman. <laughs> yeah. All right. Right now we'll hit a commercial and then we'll come back with trivia and wrap the show up. Trivia. My fellow music lovers, my music machines, the Panasonic Take and Take that plays and records cassettes, and the Panasonic Dynamite 8 that plays 8-track cartridges. It's a blast. Their terrific colors play on batteries and electricity. But what makes the Panasonic Take and Take and Dynamite 8 so right is that they both sound like dynamite! Come on! Go get that, Frank. It could be the office. Yeah, let it rain. Uh, hello? <coughs> Baxter! It's Baxter! Meow Mix brand cat food has a variety of four delicious flavors cats love. In fact, it's the only cat food that tastes so good, cats ask for it by name. ready yes welcome <laughs> i was just saying yes to that was ready i'm not gonna technically say that was my fault bro okay I, mike <laughs> okay mike it wasn't your fault <laughs> Not your fault, Mike. Welcome to... <laughs> I'm just going to pre-record myself saying that. How's that? I'm sorry, Tootsies. Welcome to Tootsies Trivia. How you guys doing? 
Good, Tunsis. How are you? Good, Drew. Good, Tunsis. How are you? <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's like a superpower at this point. <laughs> it's oh a superpower. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> I'm doing good, okay. Tunsis. What do we have today in store for trivia? Okay. Today we have just some regular straight up trivia and a little bit of good times trivia. All right. So we did get some questions from a viewer, Nick Howard. Thank you, Nick, for these questions. We're going to start out with those. You guys are going to play together so you can collaborate on the answers. All right. All right. First question. Who leads the all-time series between the Colts and the Vikings? And what is the record? I'm going to say, I'm going to say the Vikings. Yeah, I'll go. With, I think the Vikings lead the all-time series. And I think they played like 20, 22 times or something. I'm going to guess 20. Sure. All right. The Colts lead the series 17 to 7 to 1. You're close put... on times played, though. You said 22. They played, what, 25, it sounds like. All right. Next question from Nick. The Baltimore Colts and the Minnesota Vikings played one playoff game against each other. What year was it? And what was the final score? One playoff game. It was 1968. That was the Vikings' first playoff appearance. Very good. Dynamite. <laughs> Mite! Dynamite! I know the Colts won, and it was pretty lopsided, like 31 to 7. I don't know. I can't remember the exact score, but it, it wasn't very close. 24-14. Thank you, Nick Howard, for those questions. Thank right, you, Nick. Next. Appreciate Thanks. the questions. Nick Howard. Thanks, brother. All right. Here comes four questions from the Good Times TV show. First one. What was the last name of the family on Good Times? Uh, Evans, wasn't it? Yes. It was Evans, I believe. Yeah. That is correct. Evans. Good job. Florida Evans. Played by Esther Roll. Esther Roll. And John Amos played James. Mr. Uh, James Evans. Yep. Look at that. We're, we're piling on extra credit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next question. What was the name of the character who always sold stolen things from underneath his coat? Oh, oh what was that dude's name? Yeah, I, I can't remember. The answer is Lenny. Lenny. Right. All right, the next one is, what was the name of the drunk who slept in the hallway and stairway? <laughs> I don't even remember that guy. Ted. Tom or Ted, what was it? Ned. Ned. Oh, come on now. That's, that's <laughs> Ted Glover got that one right. <laughs> All right. How did JJ always answer the phone? Evans residence? It wasn't Dynamite, but it was it was uh Why am I drawing a blank on all these? I love that show. It was like deep. a it was like a like a rhyme to, uh, I can't remember. <laughs> Let's hear it. Dang it. Hello. <laughs> oh, okay. I was thinking something else then. All right. Back to the Vikings and the Colts. When is the last time they played each other? That was last year in India. And the Vikings, it was like a terrible game. Oh. It was yes. last year. We lost that too. Yeah. <laughs> All right. They got, and they got smoked. Yes. The score was 11 to 28. So the Vikings scored only one touchdown. Do you remember who scored the touchdown? Thielen? Dalvin Cook. That brings up the next question. When is the last time the Vikings beat the Colts? What year? Oh, man. I'm going to say the time before they beat us badly with Andrew Luck. Yeah, I don't know. The correct answer is 1997. Shut the front door. Seriously? 24 years ago. The score was 28 to 39. Which Vikings wide receiver has had three touchdowns that game and which quarterback threw them to him? Jake Reed. Yeah, that was my first guess. Jake Reed. Chris Carter. Who, who threw the touchdowns? Brad Johnson. Brad Johnson. Randall Cunningham. <laughs> Dude, we are just getting, we are getting just ripped right now. You know, it's like Mike Zimmer gave us our pre trivia game pep talk. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ted's gonna have a lot of questions to answer at this press conference, let me tell you. We need to answer better, what would it be? Well, Drew didn't Drew wasn't thinking on his feet. Drew was really 
All right, last question. This is the same as last week. Can you name players that have been on both the Colts and the Vikings in the last 10 years? And I can only come up with two. Xavier Rhodes. Yeah, good. That That's is, one right there. That is correct. Good job. I think the other one might be a secondary player, too. A safety or something. Did Andrew Sandejo ever play for the Colts? He didn't never even play for us. <laughs> <laughs> Marcus Sherrills? I can't come up with it, Tunes. Colton Hill. <sighs> so you guys scored six out of 13. Thank you very much for playing, and we will see you next week. We got six, right? <laughs> Thanks, Tunes. Thank you, Tunes. All right. So this is kind of how our format's going to be going forward. Might have felt a little bit clunky tonight, but we'll, we'll get the kinks worked out. I thought it worked out okay. Again, folks, those of you that are have liked the, the channel, uh, subscribe to it. Those of you that comment, have participated in our contest, the over-under contest, the, the, the draft prize giveaway we had on draft night. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much. We look to just get bigger and better or as the season progresses. Don't forget to look for us, Vikings Report Rewind about 10 or 15 minutes after every game this year. Thanks again, Toonses, for all the, the great production you do. Thanks, Liz, for all the great, great production you do. Thanks, Drew, for all the, the great knowledge you bring on, on the Vikings and the, and the draft picks. And, and uh, we will try to do better the next time. Drew, take us home. Thank you, Ted, for hosting us. I, thanks to everybody for supporting our show and being a fan and putting your comments in. Oh, remember to get your over-under. Over, under, J.J., Thielen, Irv Smith, 26 and a half touchdowns. Over that or under that? Good times. Wednesday until noon to get your entry in, if we didn't mention that before. Wednesday, noon central time. And we will not be on after – we won't be doing our post game after this this game coming up today, right? No, we will not. Okay. Everybody, enjoy your Vikings tonight. Think about five hours. You'll be playing uh, Vikings and Colts. I think it's 5 o'clock my time, hippie time. Um, Enjoy your Vikings game. And episode 29, we could put a ribbon on it. Dad Adam Page. We'll see you guys all on the flip-flop. And say goodnight, Ted. Good night, Ted. Keeping your head up the water. Making a wave when you can. <laughs> and a day to day.